Welcome to Let's Talk Sales, the podcast that's all things sales and business development. This podcast series is for CEOs that are looking to build strong companies, sales VPs and sales managers that want to take things to the next level, and of course, salespeople that are looking to improve. This podcast is brought to you by Calavia, the sales playbook platform made for your team by your team. The Calavia Sales Playbook houses your company's best practices, templates, and processes, and it also functions as an online sales training academy for your existing sales team and any new hi- new hires that you might bring on. Learn more at calavia.com. That's C-O-L-L-A-V-I-A.com. Today's podcast is part of our Sales Leaders Talk Sales series, where we talk to sales leaders about growth and development. This is Rebecca Smith, and today I'm actually talking to two fantastic people and podcast hosts themselves, so very, very exciting. First, we have Jeremy Chatelaine, and he is the founder of QuickMail.io, and he is one of the wonderful hosts of the Cold Email Outreach Podcast. Thanks for being here, Jeremy. Hey, thanks for inviting us. (laughs) Awesome. And we also have Jack Reamer. He's the founder and a B2B SaaS lead generation expert at emailsthatsell.com. And he's also one of the hosts of the Cold Email Outreach Podcast. Thanks for being here, Jack. You bet, Rebecca. Thanks for having us. I love it. Now, I want to start by giving you both a quick moment to share a little bit more about what you do and yourselves with our audience. So, Jack, I'll start with you. Hi, I'm Jack. I'm the founder of emailsthatsell.com a lead generation agency that sends cold email. We help B2B software companies find their next customers using smart and worthy reply-worthy cold email campaigns. Awesome. And Jeremy? Yeah, so I'm Jeremy. I'm the founder of uh, quickmail.io. It's a SaaS tool to help... Um, uh, businesses to automate uh, the outreach campaign with cold email. Very cool. Now, of course, I want to start with a question about your guys' podcast because we just, of course, love sales podcasts, but it's so interesting, the title. What motivated you guys to start the Cold Email Outreach Podcast? Oh, it's interesting you, you pick a, the title. Basically, um, I think the title, Jeremy, if if I'm remembering correctly, it was a bit of an afterthought. You know, we had this idea to to talk about cold email in depth in a single podcast series. And we wanted the title to basically just, uh, you know, find those, those people looking for cold email related uh, discussions on iTunes or Stitcher. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's not very creative, but it does uh, <laughs> cover the bases, I suppose. Well, I would say though yeah. that cold email outreach, I mean, it just, it sticks out to you. If, if I was a salesperson and I wanted to know best practices for dealing with cold emails, it's right there in the name. <laughs> Love it. Jeremy, nice job. I think I'm giving you full credit for that one. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember how we came to birth, honestly. But I think for me, what was important is um, to find a way to help uh, our users on QuickMail even more. And education is definitely one way for it. And Jack is really knowledgeable uh, with his side of the business. And I got the sort of like technical side of the, of the same business. So we kind of like 
um, figured out how about you know we share our knowledge and with everyone else and podcast um, was seems to be like a, a good way of doing that at the time. Cool. It still is actually. <laughs> yeah, cool. So for our listeners here, what can they expect to learn or discover when they tune in to the Cold Email Outreach Podcast, and where can they find your show? So for the listener who's looking to learn more about cold email and also learn how to send even better campaigns that get more positive replies in the inbox. We've put together a lot of short episodes. So most episodes are around 10 minutes, maybe 15, where we dive in a particular uh, topic. So subject lines that get the most opens, for example, if you have any desire to learn about a particular facet of cold email, Take a look at our podcast that you can find on iTunes or Stitcher or pretty much anywhere you can download and pick a topic that you're working on this week. And in 10 or 15 minutes, you can get kind of our take on the whole uh, narrow topic that should help you with A-B testing or writing emails and just getting better replies. Oh, man, Jack, yeah. you just made me want to ask you, I want to know now, what is the best email subject line that a person can use. <laughs> oh, even better. Take a look. Jeremy, what episode is that? Oh, man. Oh, uh, no, no. It's so, so Jeremy, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what we found out um, using some, some analytics behind quick mail on, on subject lines? Yeah, let me hear it. yeah, sure. So basically, uh, basically, this is this is the thing. This is the reason why we teamed up with with Jack. He's coming with like lots of really great idea on how to experiment thing. And on on my side, I got uh, access to all the data um, because I can just go ahead and then see on average how people respond to certain certain subject line uh, based on the on the data aggregates uh, of my users of QuickMail. And we got, you know, thousands of users so and, and millions of emails sent. So that's kind of relevant to some extent. And what we found out was actually pretty mind-blowing is that in average, on actually most of the time, actually, um, the subject line don't matter at all. So you could even put like a dot, uh, even an empty subject line, and you will have close to the same reply rate or at least open rate that you would if you had a different different open, uh, different subject line. Interesting. Interesting. Because I'm hearing a lot lately about, you know, don't say certain things in a subject line, like the word free gets flagged. Yeah, but, but, I guess, but I guess the thing is that most of the people don't have access to those data and they just try to, uh, to think what, you know, try to extrapolate what they think uh, is actually applying to everything instead of actually using the, the data. And that's why, that's why we created a podcast as well, to be able to give some real data based, you know, our real responses based on real data. Okay. Cool. And, and so one thing to, to add on that is, is we took a look at like AB tested subject lines. So not just in general, what subject lines were getting open because list, uh, your list would change the results of opens, your um, deliverability, all these things, but true, true. in AB tests within the same campaign, it's, uh, yeah, it surprised me a lot, but definitely a good thing to know. So you guys are telling me that there is an episode of your podcast where you talk about the subject lines, right? Yeah, episode 10, actually. And you can find all our episodes on the quickmail.io slash podcast. Uh, you, you'll find a link there. Perfect. And I'll also throw a link to that episode in the show notes for today. So oh, great. Then we can, we can double find it, make it easy. 
Very cool. <laughs> so now I'd love to hear about your philosophy on selling in today's economy. And I'll let either of you decide who wants to jump on that one first. Uh, Jack, go for it. You're the master. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So my approach that has been working best lately um, is essentially like getting your foot in the door with a prospect using an easy call to action that gets the right kind of conversation started. So for example, instead of using a cold email to find out if they're ready for um, the, to purchase particular software or, or even schedule a demo to learn more about it, instead taking a couple steps back and just finding out if there happens to be an, an interest in this kind of solution or if there is a pain point within this um, sort of area that you can help with, mm -hmm. that will get conversations started. And then the cold email has technically done its job. And at that point, it's sales and following up on that one to have uh, started this one conversation with your ideal prospect. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And that kind of goes along with the whole inbound marketing approach in some ways too, as well, right? It's all about kind of providing value first, seeking to understand and seeking to get to know your customer and allowing your customer to kind of get to know you before jumping into the sale. Yeah, th there you go. And and I, I suppose that was a really high level overview. I mean, that's assuming you can enter this conversation with something extremely relevant, not just to that industry, but to that one particular prospect using merge tags where you can add custom, let's say, attributes so that your message is tailored just to that prospect. So you're speaking directly to their pain point that they're struggling with or um, talking about a goal that they happen to have and tying that into how you might be able to help and, and then letting the sort of easy foot in the door call to action get things started. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And now as a salesperson yourself, both of you, I'd like to hear a little bit more insights as to what your toughest lessons are, what are the what are one of the toughest lessons that you've had to learn so far in your careers? Uh, I'll start on that one. I actually came from a developer background, but I had to sort of learn sales. And at the beginning, I thought it was like very salesy, you know, that's the sort of like car salesmanship kind of thing. And what I realized, it's not a tough lesson, but it's, it's sort of like opposite is I realized it could actually be quite fun. And sales is really sort of like your duty when you have a product and you really think it's going to help other people, then it's kind of your duty to kind of uh, provide them with, with that solution that will, that will help them. And in order to be sure that you're going to help them, it's a lot about listening, uh, figuring out if the person is the right audience and helping that person along the way. What I discovered is like it could be extremely fun. Uh, you could have, you know, being um, what's... It's not professional doesn't necessarily mean serious. You can have a lot of fun uh, with your prospect while you're on sale. And usually this sort of like um, atmosphere, shall I say, or... Um, <laughs> Gosh, it's harder than I put on this one. Um, but uh, the, Okay, so the ability to have... Uh, fun with your prospect doesn't make you less professional. And you could have a very fruitful conversation while having tremendous fun and connection and relationship with the person you're trying to sell to. And I think that fosters deep trust and relationship that goes a long way. Sure. I get what you're saying, that it doesn't have to be too serious, that 
you, there has to be a level of personability and a relationship that's there with your prospect, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Very cool. And what about you, Jack? Toughest sales lesson so far. Um, I learned this one a, a bit earlier on, but it's just getting comfortable with rejection. It's, it's so much a part of cold email, even if you craft a beautiful campaign to a, a very targeted small list of people who need your product. You're still going to deal with rejection on a daily basis. And it doesn't mean that you, you are not bringing the right message necessarily all the time. It's just simply a, um, I don't like to use the term a numbers game, but um, no's don't always mean that you're not um, helping a great deal of, of prospects and customers out there. So it was just coming to terms with this. And as soon as I just sort of accepted it as an unchangeable fact of, as you send cold email, you get rejections no matter who you are or what you have to, to say or sell, then things got a little bit easier. And um, I just found the momentum was just easier to pick up every day instead of uh, dreading uh, if you were going to get a, a no response. Sure, definitely. And the rejection through the internet or through an email is so different than the rejection that you get when you're in person uh, making a sale but they both hurt just as bad, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't even know if I would say that. Like I, like in high school, I did some door-to-door -door selling and oh. I feel like, uh, yeah, I did um, uh, <laughs> selling landscaping services, all things. But anyways, basically a door in the face and a, you know, unsubscribe, take me off your list. How dare you sort of, you know, hit you in the same spot, you know? So I think it's, it's a it's a bit of a mix of just exposing yourself to the to the nose and also just coming to peace with this is part of the game and uh, in order to do a good job as a salesperson it's just something that you deal with. Sure, Jack, I I totally have to uh, refer back. We had a podcast back in April with David Momano, and he said that almost he he he, he was making a joke and he said a hundred percent of high school boys their first job is lawn work. And you have just, uh, <laughs> you've just added to his talent. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. I love it though. But you know, when I first got in sales, rejection, it was tough for me. I, I definitely would say, but I was also in person like, like you were, door to door, kind of visiting people. And it was a hard thing to adjust to at first. After a while, you kind of get used to it. But when you're new in sales, it's definitely something that isn't as easy to swallow. And then now you, you take that and you cross it over to the email, your emails, and when you get people that just reply to you and they're like, no, big N-O, stop, <laughs> stop emailing me. You know, you have to yeah. try not to take yeah. it personally. It's just they, they're sick of getting emails. It's not relevant to them. They don't have a pain point, like you said, or perhaps they don't understand uh, what it is that you're trying to get across. There's a lot of different things that go into yeah. it. So, so actually, you, you bring up a good point, and Jeremy and I have mentioned this on the cast, but if you have people saying something in a negative reply that indicates they don't really know what you're offering them, that's amazing feedback to, to take and say, okay, maybe we're not doing the best job of communicating where we can come in and make this person's life better or, or business better. And, and so pay attention. I mean, there, there can be some lessons learned from all of your negative replies. And especially if you have 
um, a statement in there that's clearly not what the message was about, it's time to do a rewrite. So um, everything's a learning experience, but I mean, if you have a confused response that's angry at you, thank them for it and, and go ahead and rewrite your sequence. Very cool. Good advice. Very good advice. Mm. And now, what about books? Um, what are your guys' favorite sales or business growth books? Ooh. Go, Jeremy, go. Uh, I read business books, not sales books, most okay. of the time. Sure, yeah. The one I read, I read last, uh, uh, recently, was Never Split the Difference oh, that's by cool. Chris Boss. And actually quite off like it. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I have a book just for the listener who says, yeah, I'd like to get better at that rejection thing, but I'm not entirely sure how. There's a book called Go for No. And there's two authors. They escape my mind at the moment. But if you Google it or Amazon, Go for No is a short the, read. You check the show notes and that'll be there. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, check the show notes. Basically, it, it, uh, it provides a nice way of thinking about no's as um, you almost need a certain amount of them in order to hit your sales goals. So it flips it a bit and it makes the no kind of your target, uh, assuming that you have some sort of a positive negative reply ratio. And it's, it's very applicable to cold email and it will make you uh, less dread checking your, your inbox in the morning. That's important, right? And that was written by so. Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton. Beautiful. Thank you. Very yeah. Cool. All right. Did you guys have any other ones you wanted to throw in there? Or is that kind of where we want to leave this one? Well, for growth, you could also try traction. I mean, this is a, a collection of all different channels for growth, mm-hmm. and that's definitely worth um, you know um, exploring, such as you know PR, uh, affiliates, you know uh, joint ventures, all those sort of things. That's uh, that's a good collection of all the type of different channels you could use for growing. Okay, Very and good. I'll throw one more in the mix. Um, Made to Stick is oh, a fantastic book. For people who want to learn to write compelling stories and it's relevant to cold email, it's, it's basically how to turn your message into a, a let's say, it's, they use the, the metaphor of like a virus that, that continues or an urban legend that's unforgettable. And it, and it definitely helps with writing a very good cold email. Definitely. Made to Stick is a great one. I have that one on my bookshelf at home, actually. And that one's by oh, nice. Chip Heath and Dan Heath. So that's a that's nice. A, that's a good one. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I love it. Awesome. All right. Cool. Let's, let's go on to wisdom. I would love it if each of you could share one piece of wisdom of all of your years, doing what you're doing, running this sales game. What wisdom do you have to pass along? Oh, gosh. Wisdom. then you you take it jeremy oh man okay i I think uh one of the biggest one for me at least uh is to never compare yourself to others you will always have someone doing better things and basically you should just look at what you're doing and try to improve on yourself and not otherwise you'll be miserable trying to look at what other people are doing very wise advice Oh, I've got plenty. Um, <laughs> it's just one of them. Also, <laughs> yeah. Also modesty. Yeah. Right. Um, so let's see. Um, wisdom. You know, something that I've been kind of uh, learning uh, this past year or so is um, 
kind of anti to a lot of sales messaging out there where um, you hit your, your sales goals and you're magically going to be in this new space mentally. Um, professionally, yes, your career may advance uh, beyond the moon, but I've just sort of noticed that like, um, and, and not to sound however this will sound, but you know, as like goals have been reached and new goals set and more goals reached, it's, it always sort of just has struck me as interesting where it's like, I'm still Jack, I'm still going about, you know, this, this business at the end of the day, we're, we're here to help, um, you know, companies grow. And, you know, it's, it's really almost not about, okay, great. Like, you know, at the end of my career, it's not going to be what quota was I able to maintain. Instead, it's, it, it really just comes back to uh, the meaningful relationships built and, and the impact that we've been able to have on other businesses and uh, not to sound in, uh, you know, on Pluto here, but it's just nice to know that you, you still will have to wake up, put your shoes on and, you know, go to the office where you're there to do good work. And, and that never changes kind of no matter where you're at. That makes sense. And that's also a great piece of piece of wisdom. Thank you for sharing that. And that's so true too. You know, um, it's kind of keep your feet on the ground a little bit and stay focused on the human part of selling. I think that yeah. so, so many times we can get away from that. Yeah. And, and enjoy, enjoy what your work every day. Cause you know, it goes quick. Oh yeah. Mm, I can tell you <laughs> the days just yeah, fly right. on by. That's right. We're already in August, right? That's right. That's right. We're already in August. How did that happen so quickly? Yeah. <laughs> now, here at CFS, we talk quite a bit about sales playbooks, as our listeners know, and we're always looking for tips that sales managers, CEOs, and salespeople can put into their playbooks, especially those of you listening in with a Calavia sales playbook. What is one actionable tip that our listeners might consider adding to their playbook? Okay, I, I got a good one. So my my favorite way of approaching outbound uh, sales campaigns is basically start with the lowest hanging fruit. And instead of just guessing who the the first segment or the next segment you should be going after is, I always recommend as a starting point, look through your customer roster. Who are your best customers today? Put them in an Excel spreadsheet and map out the industry, the size of their companies, where they're located, what tools they're using, how fast they've been growing, every kind of attribute that you can put next to them. And then use that data to figure out, okay, based on the customers you already have, what do they look like? And now can you use that information to build a very targeted list of quote unquote lookalike companies to go after? Mm -hmm. Great. Totally. I love yeah. that. Cool. Jeremy, um, you want to on this? Yeah, it's pretty much on the same line as, as Jack. We've, we've been podcasting for too long together on this one, I think. <laughs> but it's about, <laughs> a lot of people are spending way too much time on their copy instead of actually spending time on their prospecting. And I kind of think that if you do a 50-50, like spending as much time and research on who you're going to contact versus you know how, how you're going to present your message, you'll be way more successful that way. Okay. That's good advice as well. And definitely something to throw in your sales playbook. So for those of you listening in with your playbooks, please take that to heart because that is some really good advice. Now, guys, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience? Um, perhaps any just encouraging words <laughs> or anything at all? I, I, yeah, I'll leave you with if, um, 
you know, if you believe in what your company is doing and you have a, a service or product that actually makes a, a difference in other people's lives, then you owe it to them to at least open their eyes to what it is that you have to offer. You'd be doing them a disservice if you didn't do everything in your power to uh, educate them about um, how you guys can help make their lives better. Nice. Very good. Jeremy, do you want to uh, say anything? I think not. I think Jack nailed it. <laughs> he did. Cool. Jack, you have so much wisdom, right. man. I better start seeing oh, you gosh. pop up on, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> Well, okay. Yeah, just uh, I'll, I'll take it to heart. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Thank you guys so much for being on the show today. It was so great to have you here. Um, for our listeners, you can check out the show notes at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 71. And be sure to also jump on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and look for the cold email outreach podcast where you can hear both Jeremy and Jack, as they explore this whole idea of email and sales emails and making it work, because God knows we need help, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> thank you guys for having me today. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you, Rebecca. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. You can find the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod seven one. Tune in next week when I'll be interviewing our very own Elizabeth Frederick. She's our operations officer and senior advisor here at CFS. And she wrote a fresh new ebook for this month's topic on sales innovation. You won't want to miss that one. And all month we're writing about sales innovation on the CFS blog. So check that out at criteriaforsuccess.com slash blog. And a simple request from me to you, please subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your shows. And if you can, throw us a rating. I'd really appreciate it. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by Rebecca Smith, Ariana Miskell, and Elizabeth Frederick. Happy selling.